Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt. I'm the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship Church. And today we're going to wrap up our series on no regrets. Uh, we're ending the month of January. But if you haven't done the math yet, we still have 92% of this year left. And so when we're talking about, I'm going to give you some resolutions. Not too start, late to start. If you get a 92, that's an A, okay? And so there's still a chance to get an A on 2017 and not regret at the end of the year some things we wish we'd have done. And today, it's even more than just 2017. The title of my message today, you'll find an outline inside your bulletin, and the title is incorrect. It's somehow, we got the title from last week still on there about, we talked about leading with no regrets last week. This week, we're talking about leaving with no regrets. Today, we're going to talk about some resolutions that are important, not just for this year, but for our entire life, because there's going to come a time when we're going to die. And are we ready for that? And so today, we're going to talk about our mortality. As Christians, we're not afraid to talk about this because we know that Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, and through faith in Him and a personal relationship with Him, we can live forever. And if that's good news, would you say amen? amen. Yeah, so we're not afraid to talk about this. In fact, this is important we talk about this. The Bible speaks a lot about this, and I want to make sure that this year, if this is the last year I have, or if this is the last year for a friend or a family member of mine, I want to make sure there's no regrets with that, that I've said the things that need to be said. I've done the things that need to be done. If you need a pen, raise your hand. You're going to want to take some notes on this one. This is an important lesson, and I think you'll leave here today. My goal is for you to leave here today greatly encouraged. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I pray that today you'll speak and you'll encourage us so we get the things done that need to be done before we die. Lord, I know there are people here today. They have lost a loved one just recently. And Lord, I, don't, I know that this is something that is fresh for some of us. But, Lord, this is important for us, for all of us. And we need to make sure, Lord, that there are some things that we do with the days that we have left in this world. So please speak. Say what you want us to hear and move me out of the way. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Point A, our lives here on earth are short. Psalm 39. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Man, that sums it up. The older you get, the faster life goes. I was walking our dog yesterday. He's 13 and a half, which, you know, you multiply by seven. He's in his 90s. We used to walk this two-mile loop, and he'd pull me around the loop, and now i got to stop, and we got to take breaks, okay, just to get him home. And a friend saw him, hadn't seen him in years. He goes, oh, he's all gray around the muzzle. He's getting old. And I go, well, so am I, okay? And he said, and, uh, you know, and so today when I'm talking about this, I didn't even time all this out, but today is my birthday, and I'm talking about leaving with no regrets, so I don't know what that means, okay? I think it means I don't plan well, okay? <laughs> didn't see that coming, but it's true. Whether it's your birthday or not, whether it's the day we're born, from the day we're born is the time we need to start thinking about the day when our time here on earth is done. In fact, that's the life application we need to live with the end in mind. If life is going fast, we can see it with a dog because they age faster than we do. But the truth is, we're aging too. Life goes fast. We need to plan our lives with that in mind. Here's what Moses said. The length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass and then we fly away. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I mean, what if we counted backwards? And we can say, hey, I've only got this much time left, so I need to make sure I get these things done. 
I mean, I want this to be a pep talk today. Sometimes we talk about death. Oh, it's just so depressing. Well, this is a chance for us not to talk about death. This is to talk with death in mind so we can talk about life. Hey, if I got 20 years left, what would I do? If I got 50 years left, what am I going to do with it? And that's the way Moses said we ought to think about it. Lord, teach us to number our days and think about it rightly. We don't need to avoid talking about this. We need to stare right at it and say, hey, let's get this done. That's why if you understand that line of thinking or that perspective, then you'll understand what Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 7. It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time. Gives you the right perspective. I do funerals all the time. And people ask, they say, do you mind doing funerals? That must be awfully hard. I go, I love funerals. I do. Because I get to proclaim people the good news that Jesus Christ died on the, cro- on the cross to pay for our sins. That Jesus Christ came into the world because God loves us that much. He came to rescue us and give us real life. And if we take to heart the fact that our days are short, well, then what are we supposed to do with the rest of the life we have? I mean, think of it this way. I have 2017 in front of me. 92% of it is still left. I get a chance to do some wonderful things this year. I may not be guaranteed of all that, and neither are you, but I've got today. What if I make the most of today? And so funerals can be wonderfully encouraging. And they give us a chance, and it's one of the few times in life that we are dealing honestly with the most important decision where do we, decisions in life. Where do I stand with God, and where do I stand with the people I love? Have I done the things I need to do, and have I said the things I need to say? And you're going to see all that in the resolutions that we're going to hit in just a minute. But first, let me remind us of a couple things. To avoid regret, we need to determine what our legacy will be and then work toward that every day. What do we want that to be? Legacy is really what remains after we're gone. I mean, after I die, I can't defend it or I can't tell people what I plan to do. It just is what it is. Our priorities, our values, who and what mattered to us most. I mean, it's kind of what's written on the tombstone. Uh, you know, an epitaph. Here are a couple from the Bible. James 2.23, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So Abraham's tombstone, if there was one in front of his grave, it would say, here lies Abraham, a friend of God. That's a pretty good epitaph, pretty good legacy. Here's another one, Acts 13.22. God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He'll do everything I want him to do. Here lies David, a man after God's own heart. I like that. Here's another one, Acts 9.36. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas, which is very unfortunate also. Okay. Um, She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Here lies Tabitha. She always did kind things for others and helped the poor. I mean, what a wonderful epitaph. I was curious, so I got online and I looked up some epitaphs for some famous people. Mel Blank, the guy who did the voice for Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig, on his tombstone it says, that's all, folks. I mean, that's what it says. Susan B. Anthony, the suffragette, on hers it says, liberty, humanity, Justice, equality. 
Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. It's great. Charles, Charles Lindbergh, first transatlantic solo flight, quoted Psalm 139.9, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. And then there's a tombstone. This is one of the most famous ones on the Internet. There's apparently a woman named Effie Jean Robinson. She lived from 1897 to 1922. It's in Waynesville, North Carolina, in a cemetery there. On her tombstone it says, Come blooming youths as you pass, pass by, and on these lines do cast an eye. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you must be. Prepare for death and follow me. And there was a picture of that, and then there was a note that somebody attached to it one time, taped it on the tombstone, and it said, To follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> now that's even more profound. I think that's important. <laughs> okay. Hey, but what's going to be written on my tombstone? Had a lot of dreams, never got to them. Was afraid I might fail, so I never started. Good at making excuses. I don't want that written on my tombstone, do you? That's not, that's not the legacy I want. And this is what I'm trying to say. At a funeral, I can remind people, you still have life. We can change it. In the discussion questions, there's an amazing, in the Connect Group discussion questions, the first one, I just found it so amazing. In 1888, uh, Alfred Nobel's brother died. He had a brother named Ludwig. Alfred Nobel, if you don't know, he was the one who invented dynamite. And he found a way to safely pack nitroglycerin and sticks and stuff so they could light it and use it to blast and other things. Well, it eventually got used for warfare. And so when Ludwig died, there were a couple of uh, papers, newspapers, that printed erroneously that Alfred had died. And they wrote, in, uh, wrote an obituary for him. And he was horrified when he read them because he read the paper and it read it was his obituary mistakenly in there. And they said, and, you know, Alfred Nobel died. He was the inventor of dynamite. He was the merchant of death. He found the most efficient way to kill more people than anyone ever has. And he was horrified that he would be remembered as the merchant of death. So he thought about it and thought about it. And over the next few years, he transferred the vast majority of his fortune into a fund called the Nobel Prize Fund. And so now he is remembered for the Nobel Prize. In fact, most of you had no idea that Alfred Nobel the founder of the Nobel Prize Fund, was the inventor of dynamite. He didn't want that to be his legacy. And it cost him his fortune and the last few years of his life, but he changed his legacy. I think no, founder of Nobel Prize is better than merchant of death. How about you? Now, what if you and I did that? I mean, he was granted a real gift by reading a false obituary. You and I are granted a real gift. 92% of 2017 is left. And just as with every other message in this series, I'm giving us seven resolutions for us to consider of things so we can end this year with no regrets with regard to our leaving, with our own mortality, 
if we should die or if loved ones should die near us. Resolved. Here's the first one. Resolved. Today, I will make sure my eternal destiny is settled. Today. I didn't even say this year because I may not be guaranteed of the whole year. Why do I say this with so much urgency? Well, Paul did, 2 Corinthians 5. He wrote this to the Corinthians. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Can you imagine the regret to never make our peace with God, to never say, God, I'm a sinner and I know it, to have been around people, to have played games with this and procrastinated on this. Well, one of these days, one of these days, one of these days. And Paul says, today's the day. Today's the day. When we come to Christ because we're sinners and we're running our lives into the ground, why would I want another year of doing that? I come to Christ because I know I need a better life. I need a new life. I need his direction in my life. I need his forgiveness. I've made too many wrong choices, said too many terrible things, passed up too many great opportunities. Today's the day when I need a new start. I need to come to Christ and have my sins forgiven. I want his Holy Spirit in me to guide me. If you're in the sound of my voice, why would you put this off one more day? Because I'm not guaranteed of tomorrow, neither are you. That's not a resolution just for today. I mean, for this year, that's a resolution for today. Here's a second resolution I hope we will seriously consider. Resolve, this year I will share my faith with my friends and loved ones. You want to know a regret that I hear over and over and over again when I am performing funerals for people and I talk to them, well, well where, did the, where did your husband, where did your dad, where did your mom, where did your daughter or brother or best friend, where did they stand with the Lord? You know, I don't know. We were only married 50 years. We were only next door neighbors for two decades. We've only been best friends since junior high. We talked about football and the weather and politics and the economy till the cows came home. But never once in 50 years did we ever talk about whether we're ready, ready to die. Never once did it come up. And you talk about regret. Jesus told a story that encapsulates regret in its purest form talking to his disciples about a man who faced deep regret for not being right with the Lord and what happened to him after he died. Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, lived each day in luxury, and at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and his soul went to the place of the dead. And there in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. And the rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted. Lazarus had nothing. So now here he is being comforted and you are in anguish. Besides, there's a great chasm separating us. 
No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. And then the rich man said, But please, Father Abram, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. A couple of observations are immediately obvious from this story. That man who never made his peace with God, which is the first resolution I've asked us to consider, after he died, he was in endless torment, and his eternal destiny was fixed. It couldn't be changed. But the third thing is also very interesting. Suddenly, that man became interested in missions. For the first time ever, he cared. Hey, we need to tell people about this. It's too late for him. It's not too late for you and me. We've got 92% of 2017 left. Why would I not pray about this? Why would I not want to tell my loved ones there's forgiveness through Christ. There's new life through Christ. You come to Christ, he can make you brand new. Get rid of the grief and the pain. You can live forever and experience true life now. I don't want to face regret at the end of this year. Oh, I wish I'd have said something. Let's make a resolution to do it today. Did people in the Bible think like this? You bet they did. Look at Ephesians 6.19. Paul, the greatest missionary ever. You know what he told the people in Ephesus? He said, would you pray for me? Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words might be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that God will give me the right words. I mean, he talked to people. He'd grown up Jewish, and a lot of the Jewish people wouldn't even listen to him, wouldn't even give him the time of the day. And other places in the Bible, he agonizes over that if he just had the chance. And so he'd go, oh, please pray that God will give me the right words. I know it can be awkward talking to friends. I know it can be awkward talking to family. I understand that. I have friends and family too. But this is why we pray for it. And Kevin, if you'd come up here, I even want, but I want you to know that we're going to do, not only are we going to encourage you to pray for this, good morning, glad you're here. Uh, Kevin Palmer is helping us with our social media presence. And Centerpoint has a Facebook page, right? Yes, we have a Facebook page. Okay. And why is that important? I mean, is Facebook just a fad? Uh, Facebook is not a fad. Um, the thing about it is we, we really want to be a resource for you guys to be able to uh, grow your walk with God, to share your faith. Facebook is such a powerful tool. Um, they just came out with a new platform called Facebook Live, and you can uh, stream live right into your newsfeed as you're scrolling through your phone. So we've started to, uh, to go live on Sunday mornings, and the goal here is that we want to meet people where they are. Um, we want to live out the Great Commission. We want to be able to share our faith with people. How many people are on Facebook right now? Facebook has 1.6 billion active users. That's not just 1.6 billion users, 1.6 billion active users. All over the world. I mean, today, I mentioned today is my birthday. This morning, I got happy birthday wishes. One person was in Korea, another in Tokyo, another in Moldova. Do you know that people are watching, can watch our service now on Facebook Live on that little window, yep. just scrolling through? That's right. In fact, inside your bulletin, you'll find a little note, uh, note about this, a little uh, card that'll tell you a couple of things. We want people, we'd love it if you would go to our Facebook page and just like it. Yep, just and, like the page. And why is that important? Uh, because if when you like the page, then you'll be able to see whatever we post, whatever comes to the news feed. And uh, Facebook has cooked in some tools that uh, can make it. Um, social media is supposed to be social, so Facebook has got some tools to help you engage. You can like a post, you can comment, or you can share. And when you share a post, you're sharing that post to your Facebook page, 
and now all of your friends and followers can see it. And what most people don't realize is for every share on Facebook, an average of 200 people see that share. And that really has the power to multiply quickly. You get 10 shares, you're looking at 2,000 people. 100 shares, 20,000 people have the potential to see that. So um, although you're not going to share everything the way I've always thought of it is if, if you see a post and it speaks to you and it resonates with you, there's a good chance that's going to resonate with someone else. So I'm going to invite you to share that. Um, my wife shared one of John's messages a couple of weeks ago, and she got an email from a lady that said, you have no idea how much I needed to see this today. She said, I feel like that God put this right in my path. And so um, I encourage you to share. You may never get that email. You may never know what impact you had on the kingdom, but I can tell you this. You have the potential to reach someone who may never walk through those doors, and that's a powerful thing. So Facebook can be used for more than showing people what I had for dessert. Yeah, who would have thought, right? Yeah, who knew? You can share more than your food. You can share your faith. That's or pretty powerful. Or cat videos. That's okay. right. Hey, do you know that we even have little, we're gonna, so we have little snippets. We have verses on our website that you'll see posted. If you like it, these will, you'll see those. It might be exactly what you need to prime a conversation to get it started. I mean, that we're praying for, give me the right words. We might have the right words. And you could just post it, and that would open up a conversation with a friend. We're going to have little minute, two-minute snippets from them, and they'll even have subtitles. Why do we do that? Yeah, because when the videos come through your newsfeed on Facebook, there's no, there's no sound, there's no volume. So we'll put subtitles so you can engage with it, and you can follow along if you're in a place where you can't turn your, your sound up. It's just to keep engagement going so you can follow along. Yeah, and so then if they like it, if they want to see it, they can click on it and hear it. And then at the bottom, it'll direct them to our web page, and they can find out more. But we want to make this a tool that's available to use all the time. So if you like something on there, just hit the share button, and let's see where God can take this, because it can literally go all over the world. Thanks for all you do, Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate you very much. That's great. Can we give him a round of applause on that? That's great. Hey, just there's, inside your bulletin, you find this, there's some ideas on there. If you've never been a, uh, taken advantage of that, please go to our Facebook page, because we might have the right words there to open up a conversation. When you're praying about it, you go, oh, thank you, God, that's exactly what I need to say. We want to help you with that as much as we can. That's why we're doing it. Thirdly, here's a third resolution I want us to consider. Resolve, this year I'll invest in eternal things. I mean, everything we talked about, those are eternal things. The souls of men are eternal. Uh, when Paul was writing Timothy in the city of Ephesus, there were many people who were pretty wealthy in the city of Ephesus. And so here's what he said. He said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. I mean, the words are simple there. Look, if you've been blessed with a lot, be thankful. Don't be proud of it. Share it. Look for opportunities to do good. Jesus himself said that way you'll store up rewards in heaven that no one can ever take away. And so this year, hey, I've got most of the year left. If I have an opportunity to do good, I'm not going to get to the end of the year and go, oh, I wish I'd have done that. No, do it this year. I mean, some of us regret last year I had an opportunity to get involved with something and I didn't do it. I wish I would have. Okay, this year let's change that. Let's use our resources to do good and invest in eternal things. Fourth, oh, and... Uh, the guy who was, uh, had a, it's Crown Ministries now, but the, the guy who originally started that was a man named Larry Burkett, a Christian investment advisor. And he was always famous for this slogan, 
Do your giving while you're living so you won't be crying when you're dying. And it's true. I can't take it with me. So why don't I pray about using it this year to do what good I can? Fourthly, resolve this year I'll make plans for leaving my house in order. I don't leave my house in order. Look, I know I'm going to die one day. If it's going to be this year, have I taken plans for that? So, uh, Proverbs 27, 12 reminds us that a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. I mean, do I have life insurance? Do I have a burial plot? Do, have I updated my will? Do I have a living will? I mean, these are things you and I can do. And we're going to need counsel and we're going to get this done. Look, even if you have all your paperwork in order, it still takes a long time and it's complicated processes to get everything through the probate system and all that. I mean, it's a lot of work. But if you want to get a nightmare, don't do anything. And why would I want that for my loved ones after I pass? I don't want regrets on my death. Oh, I wish I had thought about this. I want this to be ready. I don't want regrets when I'm leaving. And neither do you. This is, these are things we can actually do. Fifthly, please consider this. Resolved, this year I'll say what needs to be said. Proverbs 15, 23, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It's wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. It's a nightmare to put your foot in your mouth. But it's wonderful to say the right thing. How many years do we end with a regret? Ah, I never wrote a thank you. I mean, that's on that list. Thank you. It's one of the bullet points. How about this one? I love you. It's always great when I meet people and I'm doing a funeral for somebody. What, when did you talk to them last? Well, I talked to him just before they left for work this morning. What'd you say? Well, we talked about the day and we talked about some things. And how'd you end the conversation? I said, I love you. And they said, I love you too. Wouldn't you want your last words to your loved one to be, I love you? Well, let's say it. A couple other things off this list. You know what our kids need to hear? Good job. I'm proud of you. You know how many people are dying for somebody to tell them good job? What if, I, what if today is my last chance to say it? Why am I going to pass that up? And this year, if I have opportunities to encourage somebody, let's do it. This is a good resolution. I don't want regrets before I leave. Hey, I, I said what needed to be said. Here's one more. Can you help me, please? Do you know there are so many people who carry so many burdens by themselves and their friends don't even know? How come they don't know? We never asked for help. Didn't want to be a burden. So you carried it alone? We can help each other. But I'm not a mind reader and neither are you. Let's ask for help. Here's a sixth resolution I'd love for you to consider. This year, I'm going to stop waiting for someday. I'm going to stop waiting for someday. Ecclesiastes 11.4, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Matthew 6.34, Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Anybody else found that to be true? Yeah. You know, I just don't have enough to worry about today. I'm going to borrow a cup of worry from tomorrow. What? No, but you know, so many times our fears for tomorrow or it's just not the right circumstance, so I put it off and I procrastinate 
And one more year, I didn't start that degree. One more year went by, and I never got reconciled. One more year, one more month, two more months. When you came in today, hopefully you got one of these little wooden nickels. If you didn't, you can grab it on the way out. It's just a little wooden nickel with uh, letters T-U-I-T on it. And um, I'm giving you one of these today. I hope everybody gets one. For those of you on, watching online, that's what we're handing out here. But the idea is simply this, that uh, a friend of mine uh, gave me one of these years ago. I've been talking about some things I intended to do, and that came up in our conversation multiple times over the course of a year. And so one day... Um, he met with me, and we were talking. I brought it up again, and he pulled a wooden nickel with this on it, and he handed it to me. And I said, what's this? And he goes, well, this is a round to it. I go, what? He goes, you keep telling me about that, and you keep telling me you're going to get a round to it. Well, today you got a round to it, so get it done. I went, I'm mean, just a wooden nickel. This isn't anything. It's more real than the excuses you've been making. It's more real than the excuses we're making. Do you think this is corny? Well, how corny is it that I never have time over 20 years to tell somebody I love them to reconcile or to talk to them about my faith? This is more real than those excuses. If you think this is silly, that's silly. When are you going to get around to it? So I keep this in a place where I keep my keys, and I look at it often. I've got several of these, actually. Maybe you want to drill a hole in it and keep it on a key ring. Keep it wherever you want. Just remind us that we need to number our days. When are you going to get around to it? Well, today you got around to it, so let's get going. Finally, the seventh resolution Please consider this. This year, I'm going to spend time with God each day. Every day. I mean, if I want to make sure I'm doing the things that are important to get done, why wouldn't I talk to God about it? If I want to have the right words, why wouldn't I want to read Scripture? Because God's going to give me the right words at the right time if I'm willing to listen. Why wouldn't I have the, want to have the right attitude? Jesus told his disciples this, Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. I mean, if I want to have a life of no regrets, if I stay connected to Jesus, I'm guaranteed to do the best I can, because he'll tell me. If I hang around his people and get encouragement from other brothers and sisters in Christ, they'll help me. But why would I want to go through life on my own and stumble around in the dark? Why wouldn't I want to stay connected with the author of life itself? And that's who God is. Jesus also said, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. So, how long do I have left? I don't know. Neither do you. Are there some things I need to take care of before I die? Yep. Are there some things you need to take care of? Yep. Well, this year, let's get around to it. Let's do them. So that if I pass away 
Or if I get sick and I'm going to die, I'm not laying on my deathbed filled with regret. They say, no, I got those things done. I'm ready to go. Or if a loved one passes away, I'm glad I had that conversation. I'm glad I apologized. I'm glad I told him I loved him. I'm glad I told him I'm proud of him. I'll never regret that. This year, I'm going to get my house in order. This year, if I see a need and I have the means to do something about it, I'm going to use it. Why else did God give me this stuff? I'm not going to let this year go by. I want this to be a year with no regrets. On my tombstone, here lies John Schmidt. He got around to it. Uh, probably get hope for better than that, maybe. Wouldn't be bad. What's it going to say? Alfred Nobel changed his. He used his resources to change his legacy. We still got time. We got 92% of this year left. We can get an A. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I just don't want to miss this year. I don't want this year to be filled with regrets. I don't want, if this is my last year, well, Lord, I want to make the most of it. Teach me to number my days so I can present to you a heart of wisdom. Teach me to use my time well. In a moment of silence, if the Lord spoke to you today about something, about a conversation needs to be had with a friend, about getting your house in order, about spending time with God each day. We just pray right where you are and say, Lord, I heard you. I want to do that this year. I want to get around to it this year. Father, I want our church to resource people as much as we can. These sermon outlines, messages on Facebook, whatever we got to do. I want to help people have the right words. Get in a small group so we can help each other. I want us to get around to it this year. No excuses. Most of all, Lord, I don't want to play games when it comes to our eternal destiny. We need you. We're sinners and we're lost without you. I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. I thank you, he said, that whoever comes to him can have new life. If we'll just repent and surrender. Well, Father, I pray these things in the wonderful name of Christ our Lord. Help us make the most of this year so we can leave with no regrets. In the name of Jesus, together we say, amen.